Let's get it going here on a Thursday edition. Our first hour presented by Tim Lasher, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, family-owned and operated, servicing the greater Oklahoma City area since 2007. They will do incredible work for you at a reasonable price, 405-579-3113 for all your heating and air needs. Tim Lasher and his company, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. We are getting closer to Oklahoma, Kansas. Rooster kickoff, 11 a.m. coming up this Saturday. At Gaylord Family, Oklahoma Memorial Stadium, our pregame show begins at 7 a.m. from Balfour on Campus Corner in Norman. Parker, we go through a manic Monday, a terrible Tuesday, a woeful Wednesday. What is Thursday? <laughs> well, I had a first this morning at about 6.15 a.m., Steely. Which you was? Hear, you want to hear this anecdote? Sure, yes, you absolutely. Can, you can decide what it is analogous to. But it is 6.15 a.m. I am at the Cleveland County YMCA, working out, as I do every weekday at 5.30 with a buddy of mine. And we're walking laps around the track because it's been – it's it's an aerobic day. It's a Thursday. We've spent the last three days lifting, so we're just kind of running off. Who's uh, we? Off. You and Jerry Schmidt or who? No, no, me and my old college roommate. Ah, I got you. So uh, we're just uh, kind of working out the lactic acid, and so to close out – uh, our day at the Y, we're taking a few laps around the track, and of course, the track is set up above the basketball gym. Mm-hmm. You know, you know yeah. the setup. Oh yeah, I've been. I've worked out there before. Yeah, it's about a twenty foot drop down, right? And so we're walking around this track, and uh, I, I, we're having a conversation, and I forget exactly what I needed to show my buddy, but I go to pull my phone out of my pocket. And lose control of it. No! And it goes over the ledge. Oh, my gosh. Down onto the basketball court. Yeah, And did when it survive? I, when I tell you that screen was shattered, Steely. The thing is, yes, it survived. I found out how much a new phone screen costs this morning because I went and paid $150. Well, it wasn't quite that much. I bought a new case, and I br- bought a screen protector as well. Owner but, financing? Uh <laughs> No, I paid cash. But yeah, you're rolling. So yeah, the that's big uh, box, huh? that's uh, that's what my morning looked like. Um, I am very thankful that the phone survived any internal damage because uh, I have lost a phone in the lake before. There was one point in time it was it was Lake Eufaula in uh, over the Fourth of July in 2019. I accidentally walked into Lake Eufaula with my phone in the pocket of my swim trunks. Man, that's your, not your, fun execu- to deal with. your execution is about like the OU defense, man. You have no idea what's going on with your phone. Yeah, no you? joke. What what you are to vehicles, I am to phones. Yeah, it sounds like it. Sounds like it. Shark uh, on the Air Cover Solutions text line 405-651-3439. Right off the bat, lactic acid is absorbed within 45 minutes of a strength workout. From Shark. So you were on an acid trip this morning, is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um <laughs> Parker throwing around kettlebells and doing Pilates? Absolutely not. <laughs> the last time I worked out at the uh, Cleveland County Family Y, it's probably been, golly, what's it been? Decade ago, maybe? 
Um, and I was swimming in the pool. That's where I would go swim. But the old people, because of the time I arrived at the pool, it was like jumping into that pool and cocoon. Now, that's a reference that you probably don't know, but that's where the – you ever seen that movie? No, I can't well, say that Well, a have. bunch of old people got reinvigorated when some aliens put a pod in a pool, Okay, you know, in their senior facility. And they would go, and all of a sudden they had all this youthful exuberance again because the alien pods gave them the energy. Well – but there were a bunch of old people. This was like jumping in the cocoon pool without the pods. And I was getting kicked in the head by old people and their fins and everything else. So I decided, that's it. I am not going to oh, swim had, with the they olds. They had fins? Yes. The olds have fins? Yeah, oh, yeah, they had fins. You know, the, the flippers. Oh, yeah, the know, flippers. Yeah. yeah, the flippers and the fins. Oh, no. And so all of a sudden I'd be swimming and boom, you know, I'd get kicked in the head. And it's, you know, some Wilford Brimley looking dude. <laughs> You know, that had no clue I was there, so I retired from swimming at the okay, water. So now it's a I, fine facility, though. It's a really good facility. Now I need you to decide what the parallel is to Oklahoma football because that's the anecdote. I'm just not sure how to well, apply it. Well, you know, that's like the last three games. The phone screen was shattered, but it's still you turned it around with a little more investment, right? Now, yours was a financial investment. This yes. is maybe investment in more film, you know, more execution, something. We'll see if the Sooners can turn it around coming up. Saturday morning against KU. Cosmetic damage, not permanent damage. It's kind of what I'm going with yeah, here. Yeah, there you go. I like now, that. All last right. three games have inflicted some cosmetic damage. However, the phone itself, the program itself, is still intact. Jay in Tulsa says the Steel Man is now older than Wilfred Brimley was when he starred in that movie, Cocoon. Hey, uh, Jay, uh, you're, you're right, but don't say that, okay? Please. It's been a rough last three weeks, man. I'm barely hanging in here. I thought about jumping off, you know, something, particularly the TCU game. I was close. And then last week when you're buried by the Longhorns and Quinn Ewers' bad hair and beard, it makes you question if it's worth it to hang around. But I'm still here, at least temporarily. All right. uh, Some of the best stuff we've had on the radio Chris Plank always does a great job. So does Josh, the Plank Show, big time. Mark Mangino was on Plank's Sirius XM show talking about the situation at Oklahoma and about his former team, the Kansas Jayhawks. Remember, Mark Mangino coached the Kansas Jayhawks to a BCS Bowl victory in Miami over Virginia Tech. Remember, Mark Mangino had Kansas in, what was it, a 2-3 BCS matchup at Arrowhead Stadium against Missouri back in the day? <laughs> unbelievable and of course he was on that Oklahoma staff in 2000 the last Sooner team to win a national championship he was the OC after Mike Leach went over to Texas Tech Brent and Mike Stoops were the co-coordinators so Mark was on the staff with Brent at Kansas State when Brent you know started playing at Kansas State and then they both obviously were on the same staff together and came to Oklahoma so Mark Mangino knows a little bit about Brent Venables and this is what Mark told Plank on a Sirius XM show uh, yesterday about Brent's current situation at OU. You know, Brent came in clear-eyed. You think he didn't study the, the Oklahoma personnel and everything before he even talked to the people from Oklahoma or maybe right after they contacted him? He's been at Oklahoma. He knows the caliber of talent. He knows the, the importance of football to the state of Oklahoma and especially OU fans. So he came into this clear-eyed. Uh, uh, he's going to be fine. You know, would you rather your coach come in after you just had a coach that you thought was going to be the coach for the next 20 years? He ups and leaves without a warning. So you're Brent coming in, 
you know, you've got a spam base that feels abandoned. You've got people that are really upset about it. You need a positive, energetic, uh, positive thinker come in. And Brent's the guy. Because Brent has been very positive about the program doesn't mean he didn't know what he was getting into. And that's where everybody's making a mistake. Now, I'm not ripping on OU players. Heck, you know, I see those kids. They're playing hard. They've got some talented kids. There's no question about that. There's some NFL guys on the field. But the entire team is not at the level that it was when Brent was there as an assistant and even the last few years, you know, and while Bob was there. You know, it's not the same pool. He knows he's got to get out and recruit. He knows the kids that are there need to be developed. He's he's clear eyed. He he's he's no dummy. My confidence in Brent is, is not shook at all. I mean, there'll be great days ahead there at Oklahoma with Brent. Trust me. How and many weeks away do you think we are good. from people calling for Brent to replace Jeff Levy with Mark Mangino? Well, after that clip, that's really good. I love what he said about, look, Brent knows what's going on. He had to be positive because people were so downtrodden and so down in the dumps after Muleshoe left for L.A. He had to build up excitement, passion, all of that stuff. But he also knew the reality of the situation. By the way, that's our Ortho Central clip of the day. Uh, When injuries occur on Friday night, Ortho Central's Saturday Injury Clinic is open every Saturday, early in the morning from 8 a.m. to 9.30 a.m. throughout the month of October. Free evaluations for high school athletes and their sports injuries. Ortho Central turning setbacks into comebacks. Now there's more from Mark Mangino. This is really good stuff. I love this. Uh, this is from Plank's show on Sirius XM. Uh, you know, we've, we've all read about Brent and, uh, you know, his childhood. And one of the lines from, you know, one of the stories was he was terrified of hearing the next beer can pop, you know, with what was going on. Uh, with, uh, you know, in his family situation, he was growing up. It was tough. So Mark says that, you know, it's a struggle right now, but he believes that Brent Vittables is made from this. Here's more from Mark Mangino. You know, this guy came up in a tough upbringing, got a scholarship to go to Garden City. K-State took a chance on him at the time because they weren't very good. Let's, Let's call it like it was. When Bill Snyder first arrived, it was not a very good program. Brent came in. And with his work ethic and his excitement and his tenacity, help turn K-State around and get it going in the right direction. So he's And he's worked his way up. He's not a guy that somebody just gave him a job because they liked him. And he understands what it takes to win at the, the Division One level. And that gets me back, uh, guys, to my original point. What if Brent would have came into Oklahoma – the fans are already in shock about their coach leaving town, their quarterback leaving town, others. What if you come in and say, well, you know, I evaluate the personnel. It's, you know, some of it's good, most of it's not. we got to recruit better. We're not – I think some people would have jumped off the ledge in Oklahoma. Am I right or am I wrong? He came <laughs> in with a lot of positive energy and made those fans feel good again. Brent will never abandon Oklahoma. He's staying there for the long haul to win national championships and conference championships. And fans take warning. Don't abandon him. You'll be sorry. There you go. Let's go, Mark. Mark. And Gino took a little shot at Muleshoe, too. Keep sawing wood, baby. That's exactly right. That's it. I'm shooting up right now. I'm getting out there. Well. They wouldn't. They hey, wouldn't open play. tryouts are what next? If Wednesday? they're not going to play Jaron Canick, they're not going to play me. That's for sure, right? So anyway, 
Um, that's good stuff right there from uh, Plank Sirius XM uh, show that he does. And uh, like I said, Mark Mangino, a big believer. And again, think about the job that Mark Mangino did at Kansas. And has, think about, he, has he coached at all since then? Wasn't he at Youngstown State for a while? Gosh, I can't remember I if he know. was the head coach. I thought he went uh, to Youngstown State, was a penguin there for a little bit after that. But, uh, you know, he's a big believer in Brent. And I know right now, you know, it's, uh, it's hard to fathom what has happened the last three weeks where the Sooners just, you know, in two of the last three games, they just weren't playing competitive against teams where, you know, they've, they've got a better roster than TCU. Maybe not a whole lot better. But Texas, yeah, that's a different story. Texas looks pretty darn talented right now. But still, Mike Mangino says, be patient, Sooner fans. It is going to turn around. All right, we want to take a break right here, and we're going to get to the uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line when we get back. We'll talk about the big recruiting weekend coming up for Oklahoma as well to Celia Kana. Cade McDonald supposed to be in town this weekend for the KU game. Fans, you know, I, I know you're disappointed right now, but think about, again, the recruits that are going to be in town. If you're thinking about, man, I may be booing, you know, after the first series or something, you might want to reconsider that if you want to think about the future of the program. Now, I don't think that's going to sway a recruit's decision one way or the other, but at the same time, it would not be a good look. We'll talk about that more when we get back here on The Ref. Got a good show today. I'm not sure I'll be a part of it, but Parker will be really good, and our two guests are going to be really good. Jesse Crittenden, 1235, joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. John Chin, 135, wrote an interesting piece on The Athletic today. John will also join us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline, 135 today for John Shin. All right, uh, let me answer a tweet here from the uh, Sooner Football Fans podcast uh, tweeted this out 11 minutes ago, April 1st, 1995. Steely on Sports <laughs> announced on morning radio that new head coach Howard Schnellenberger and OU had announced the changing of the uh, team colors to green and Sooner Nation lost its ever-loving mind. Greatest mass April Fool's joke in history. Okay, I, I, I cannot take credit for that one. That was Mark Shannon who preceded me in the mornings uh, at my old station. Uh, we did do, I remember uh, talking to Barry Switzer one year, and we came up with a new one, and Barry was like, oh, hey, Mike, I don't know if they'll believe that, you know, kind of deal. But they did. And uh, Terry Don Phillips was leaving Oklahoma State, the old athletic director, and our April Fool's joke was that Oklahoma State was hiring Barry Switzer as the new athletic director. It was a multi-million dollar deal, but as part of his new contract, Switzer would have to renounce all ties to the University of Oklahoma <laughs> and some people bought that and lost their you-know-what. And uh, we had Coach uh, the King on the next day, and he said, sure enough, yeah, I was getting calls all day, and people were asking me about it. 
So some people bought it. So, that, <coughs> pardon me. Thank you, Sooner fans, uh, football podcast. But I can't, I can't take credit for the one with the green uniforms. And by the way, I love the uh, the new uniforms, the Unity, the Prentice got tribute. I think it's great. I like it. I, they're better than the Rough Riders. Really? You think so? I do. I was never I, a d- big fan of the Rough Riders. For me, the jury's still out. I got to see what the jerseys actually look like to the naked eye as opposed to just looking at pictures because, I mean, they look good in the photo shoot, but it's kind of hard for a jersey not to look good in a photo shoot. The whole point of a photo shoot is to make a jersey look good, right? So uh, when they hit the field at 11 a.m. on Saturday morning against Kansas, uh, that's when I'll make my judgment as to whether they get my stamp of approval or not. Now, I actually, I am a fan of the Rough Riders. I know some people are not. I think they're a good look. I don't think I, they're horrible, but I, I like these a little bit better. Um, you know, people are going to complain about anything, man. Anything. By the way, a great response, well thought out. On all the Mark Mangino stuff, somebody just tweeted in, Benable sucks. You suck. That's the best you can come up with. Can you imagine that? What can I tweet? I just uh, Let's see, what, is there anything profound I can tweet? Oh, yeah, Venable, that's, that's like coming from Beavis and Butthead on the couch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, internet research in the break, uh, Mark Mangino was the offensive coordinator and tight ends coach at Iowa State 2014 Was he really? Yeah. Wow. I, I totally so that forgot about that. Was that would have immediately that preceded Matt Campbell. So, but he was fired in 2015. Mm. hasn't coached since. Wow, I forgot. He, he did totally go to Youngstown forgot. State. Yeah, you I were t- correct. I totally forgot about the Iowa State uh, a couple years there. Uh, Ewers beard looked like it was part of a jackass prank where they glued on his face. <laughs> Hair is from a certain region. I'll just say that. <laughs> Steely is like Kramer swimming in the East River. Yeah, that's pretty much uh, the way it was uh, back in the old Cleveland County family Y back in the day. Uh, anyway, all right, 405 651 3439 all right questions what is this is there a colton Vosick story out there oh no, people are no, asking about no. it what is it i heard it this morning who's flipping he reposted something that arch manning put on instagram and everybody's freaking out is that the one where they were in the same picture together uh or is no, it, it was it, arch i think arch manning posted a photo of colton Vosick uh from his texas official visit that's what it was. Um, listen, people, I I understand that nobody is going to feel entirely secure about the Colton Vosick situation until the minute pen is put to paper, and to a certain extent, that un- that's understandable. But he's not going anywhere. And moreover, there were rumors last night that Texas A&M was making a renewed push for Jackson Arnold as well. Those rumors started to circulate, so... <laughs> I texted Jackson, and I was like, what is the deal with this? And he goes, yeah, there's one defensive off-field assistant that got my number and texted me today. That's the that's the quote-unquote big push. Hmm. He exchanged texts with one off-field defensive staffer at Texas a So far, this recruiting class is holding together, man. But the question is, how long can it hold together if Oklahoma keeps playing the way they're playing? Uh, because it seems like, you know, one week we say, well, they can't play any worse, right? There's no way they can be. And then the next week they come out and they play worse. And it's happened uh, for 
three consecutive weeks now, or at least two consecutive weeks, because we thought that after K-State, and then it got really bad at TCU. We thought that after TCU, and then they got manhandled by Texas. So you can only lose so much before eventually you're going to have some defections. Now, can Oklahoma turn this around? If Dylan Gabriel plays, and it looks like he's going to play, if Jalen Daniels doesn't play, and I'm not discounting Jason Bean, he played very well against Oklahoma a year ago. Kansas probably should have won the football game. They had a great chance to win that football game. But, um, you know, if you can get to start showing progress, get to 6-6, six and six, get to get bowl eligible, then I think there's a chance you might be able to save the entire class. But you've got to start putting some positive results out there. It can't get – it can't keep going uh, in the wrong direction every week. And I, I think Oklahoma's got a really good chance to win this football game this weekend. Really they should do. win the yeah. football game. They're With their the, starting quarterback back, Vegas, they should win the football Vegas game. Vegas has a, Oklahoma as a nine-point favorite. And uh, Vegas, they leave those neon lights on 24-7. Well, even, you know, I'm just saying Vegas has no problem paying the electric bill. None of those places. They know what they're doing. So, again, does that mean they're just trying to get more money on both sides? I don't know. But, um, you know, let's face it. The defense had issues with Kansas State. The offense was still, even though Dylan Gabriel, again, uh, has got to be clearly much more accurate, they'll be able to move the football in Kansas. And they should be able to score some points on Kansas. So, to me, most of this uh, goes to what's going to happen on the defensive side of the ball. Text line, Steve Young, not that Steve Young in Edmond, says, Love the new uniforms. They are amazing looking. I also like the Rough Riders. What people don't realize about the Rough Riders is that they are true crimson and cream. Whereas our everyday unis are not, they are crimson and white, just saying. I I think he's right. I think Steve Young is right on the money. Uh, You know, because if you... If you look at the Rough Rider uniforms up close, it's like, man, did they spill a little like uh, something on the? It's just a, that, and it is a cream. You're right. I'm very partial to the white jersey, red pants, red helmet, Rough Rider fit. What if they went like color rush? Did I see this right, or is this BS that Bama and Tennessee are going to do like a color yeah, rush that's game? Probably BS. I, that's what I'm thinking. Too. Alabama think has li- literally only ever worn two uniforms. I don't think Nick Saban would allow that to happen. We're not wearing red pants. We're going out there to win a football game, you know. But that would be interesting to see how that goes. On the text line, this listener says, Mike, in my opinion, I don't think recruits care too much about OU sucking right now. Wouldn't it make them feel good to come in and help turn it around? You can answer that better than me. Listen. After the Kansas State game, there were alarmist fans convinced that OU was going to start to see decommitments. After the TCU game, those same fans were convinced that Colton Vosick was gone, that Jackson Arnold was gone, that Derek LeBlanc was gone. After the Texas game, people thought for sure, all of those same people thought for sure, that finally the wave was going to come and Oklahoma's class was going to tank. Listen. You have got to look at this situation with some perspective. Oklahoma is not the only team nationally that's losing football games right now. Take a program like Michigan State, for example. They're 2-4. and Take a program like, oh, I don't know. How about Texas last year going 5-7? and So you're saying Michigan State, then OU should get back in on by Job then. Well, I mean, if you're into that sort of thing. Why not? Um, But listen, losing games 
is not going to cost you a recruiting class in general. What's going to cost you a recruiting class is turnover on your coaching staff, the loss of a head coach and or assistants. That's what's going to cause a class to fall apart. More often than not, even 16-, 17-year-old kids realize that for a program like Oklahoma, a stretch like this is merely a bump in the road, and there has been no loss of faith in Brent Venables and what he's building at Oklahoma. All right, let's give it real to Chris in real quick. Sorry to interrupt you. I thought you were done. Uh, sorry to send the same text twice, but my biggest concern is that we lose and these geezers go crazy because you got to claim sucking on something. Well, you know, the OU fan base, uh, even Brent said, man, I, I don't mind the criticism because we deserve it right now. But, again, there is an element out there, I think, where you want to stay with your team, uh, you know, as long as you can. And certainly if you've got Cecilia Kana over there on the sidelines and Caden McDonald over there on their official visits on the sidelines and they see, you know, a bunch of empty seats, and then they hear boos after, like, the first series. I, that can't be good. I'm not saying that's going to completely influence somebody's decision, but I don't think it's a good look, right? We had another listener on the text line say, if we still had the tourists, we wouldn't have all these problems. And the Buffalo – see, the, they need a win also to get the white Buffalo off the hook. Because yeah, it's – I thought about vandalizing it the other day when I walked out of the parking lot and it was the only car out there besides mine, and I thought, should I spray paint this or something? Well, I don't have any spray you got paint. Any, but... uh, you got any white sage in the garden over at Shea Stadium? <laughs> I'll see. All right, we got a break right here. We have Jesse Crittenden coming up next. Does a great job covering the suitors for the Norman transcript. We'll get his take on Oklahoma, Kansas. Lance Leipold on the matchup coming up. We also have John Shin wrote a great piece in The Athletic today on the way at 135. Stay with us here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. All right, welcome back. Thursday edition, Mike Steely, Parker Thune, Jesse Crittenden joins us, Norman Transcript Sports Editor on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Here on this Thursday, uh, Jesse, appreciate your time as usual. Uh, Brent Venables, I thought, after the TCU game, maybe was a little bit more feisty uh, in his dealings with the media. How would you describe Brent and, you know, kind of his state of mind and, uh, where he was in terms of answering questions and his media dealings this week. Yeah, I would have said the same. I think he was he was uh, a little bit a little bit feisty. He, he you know wasn't overly you know aggressive, but I think uh, made some made some key points and didn't sugarcoat some things. I mean, he said you know, some of the criticism um, that we're taking, some of the things are being that are being said are, are fair, and this team isn't playing very well right now. And so I, I think I think there was a balance with him of, of trying not to sugarcoat things, trying not to be, uh, you know, overly positive, but at the same time, at the same time, projecting confidence, projecting that, 
hey, there, there's still a lot of football left, you know, being confident that the team of the last two to three weeks isn't, uh, you know, a good representation of, of how good this team actually is and, and, and being confident about the rest of the way. So, I mean, I, I think he's I think he's definitely a little frustrated with how the team has played. Uh, but at the same time, I, I do think he, he believes there is, you know, there are things that they can improve on that they will improve on, um, which leads into how big this game is this weekend. I think this is, you know, if OU is going to show improvement, now is, now is really the time to do it. Is the solution as simple as getting Dylan Gabriel back, Jesse? Because it's hard to fathom that the Sooners are going to continue to play as poorly defensively as they did against TCU in particular. Obviously, there wasn't really anything they could do at a certain point to stem the tide against Texas. But you'd expect that the defense is going to improve at least marginally. So is the solution for this team to get back to their winning ways as simple as get eight healthy? I think that's definitely a really big part of it. And obviously, as bad as the defense has played the last couple of weeks, if if you if you go back and watch the tape against Texas, I mean there were a couple of of key moments where if the offense converts and is able to score, I mean maybe maybe the momentum turns a little bit. I mean I still think Texas would have won that game, but I think what what hurt so bad was as as bad as the defense played, the offense did have a couple of moments that it, you know if they take advantage of them, you know maybe things are a little bit different. So I think Dylan Gabriel's if you know assuming he comes back, I think is big not only for the offense to, to maybe put some points on the board to actually be a threat through the air. But maybe, you know, maybe that gets the defense a little bit more more momentum. Maybe they're able to take advantage of some things that, that keep the momentum from completely going Kansas's way like it did the last couple of weeks. Now, I, I don't think it's a, I don't think that fixes everything. The defense, it, it almost doesn't matter who's at quarterback if the defense doesn't have their own improvements. But I think Dylan Gabriel's, return would be not only big for the offense but would be really big in, in trying to find um, some ways where you can where you can gain momentum and, and, and not and not fall apart. Jesse Crittenden with us, Norman Transcript Sports Editor joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. All right, so Brent at his coach's show uh, over at Rudy's, you know, uh, there's some talk maybe is the locker room falling apart? Is everybody still bought in, all of that? And Brent addressed that. We, we can't play the soundbite, but the soundbite was really good. And basically he said, you know what? If you're not bought in and you don't believe and you think, you know, if you're not a believer right now when things get tough, you know what? You want to leave? That's fine. I'll escort you to the door. He said, I won't judge you. I'll, you know, I'll give you a good uh, – uh, recommendation, reference, however he phrased it. But, you know, basically, we don't need you. Now, uh, you know, I, is that a good thing or a, a bad sign? But I think a lot of people, when they see this, they think, you know, there, there are people who aren't bought in. We've seen a lot of the guys, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, that have struggled for a while, that that's also an indication that, man, if you're not part of his plan, guess what? You probably will be hitting the door. It may not be of your own volition either. Yeah, no, I think that's. I think what you saw was it was Brent kind of sticking his flag in the ground and, and doubling down, saying, "Yeah, as as bad as things are right now, I mean, this is kind of a test to see, um, you know, where where the players are at, even where the coaches are at." I, I think I think part of that stems from Brent truly being, you know, confident or or optimistic that things will get better. But also, I mean, it's the number one thing that he's tried to do since since he got to Norman is, is really changed this culture. And I, I think in some ways that that's been his number one focus as much as it's been implementing a scheme on either side of the ball. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think I think it's definitely one of those things where I mean, you you kind of have to back it up at some point, right? I mean, it, the the last two weeks have been inexcusable football, and and as much as OU is probably not going to compete for anything real this year, you do need to start showing some some positivity, some some growth in some way on either side of the ball, and so I, I think those I think those things kind of come together of saying, hey. You know, we, we need we need this team as a part of the culture I'm trying to build. We need them to be able to stick it out through tough times. That's going to be the thing uh, that that defines us moving forward. But I think to do that, again, you're, they need to show you know some competitiveness on either side of the ball. So I think it's it's Brent continuing to challenge you know his his players and his te- and his coaches that you know it's easy to say all that stuff during the off season, but now they're in the middle of a really really tough time, and and I think it's him challenging the team to stick it out right now. Are you riding first class on the Jaron Canick Express, Jesse? Or are you as baffled as many others seem to be that the Sooners' outstanding freshman linebacker just hasn't seen the field a whole heck of a lot until garbage time? Yeah, I, I do think that's been a little confusing. I think simply from, you know, based on how non-competitive these last couple of games have been, and, and I think – you know, especially if this weekend doesn't go, you know, the way OU wants it to, I think you do have to start looking at, okay, what do we got in in these young guys? You know, what does OU have, and and can you get them some playing time? Can you, you know, I think it gets easier to afford maybe some growing pains um, with some of the younger guys moving forward. But yeah, J- Jaron Canick, you know, w- we don't know exactly what's going on on the practice field, but every time he stepped on the field. Uh, in a game, it seems like he's making some kind of impact. And so I think, I mean, you can make the argument that he needs to see the field even if things were going really well right now. But, you know, especially with how poor things are going, it, it does seem to make some conventional sense that, you know, hey, you play him and some of the other young guys, give them some extended minutes and see, and just to really see what you've got and where they're at. All right, Jesse, before we let you go, it, all signs are pointing towards Dylan Gabriel playing, Jalen Daniels, the Kansas started not playing. We know that Jason Bean played very well against the Sooners last year in Lawrence, and Kansas had a great chance to win that football game. But um, we still, and, and I guess the word is maybe today, and OU's not going to announce it on whether Dylan Gabriel's playing or not, but we expect him to play. Can you imagine the air that would go out of the balloon if all of a sudden – Dylan Gabriel, you know, was held out for another week. I mean, Sooner fans, uh, we would have to put them, 90% of them in straight jackets, I think, to get through the weekend. But surely it looks like Dylan Gabriel's going to play. Uh, so what do you expect to happen Saturday in this matchup? Is this the week where Oklahoma starts uh, getting back on the positive track? I, that's, a, that's a good question. And, I, I mean, I think that's been part of what was tough about last week is it was, it was really hard to evaluate – um, exactly where this team is, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, without Dylan Gabriel. So, assuming Dylan Gabriel plays, not not that everything's been perfect with him in there, but I do think I, I would be I would be shocked if this game isn't much more competitive than the last couple of weeks. Kansas is a good team, uh, but especially defensively, that you know there are some ways that you can attack them, particularly through the air. Um, so I, I think this is going to be, again, another really tough matchup that the defense is going to have to play a lot better uh, than they have the last couple of weeks. But at the very least, assuming Dylan Gabriel plays, I, I expect a more competitive game. I think it's I think it, I will expect a back and forth, you know, tug of war through the whole thing. 
Um, and, and if not, I do think that would almost be the most concerning thing uh, that's happened this year if, if Kansas comes in, even with Dylan Gabriel back. If Kansas comes in to Norman and, and lays a smackdown, I think that would be maybe the most concerning thing of the year. Hey, Jesse, appreciate your time. Thank you, thank you. We'll do it again soon. Appreciate you guys having me on. Jesse Crittenden, Norman Transcript Sports Editor on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Big things happening at Riverwind, Beats and Bites. If you guys have been out to the Beats and Bites Festival during the summer, you know those great outdoor concert series are very popular. How about one for Bedlam on Friday night, November 18th? The Bedlam Beats and Bites show. Featuring the Eli Young Band and Wade Bowen. Tickets are only 5 bucks at the box office and at Riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, 2,800 electronic games, all your favorite table games, great poker room, great bars and dining. They've got a world-class hotel, great promotions for October centered around Halloween. And don't forget, if you're a new patron out there and you sign up for a wild card, you're right immediately in a great promotion, the new member seven, and you can earn up to $450 in one day only at Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Break time right here. We'll get back to the text line, the Air Comfort Solutions text line next. Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you on a Thursday. It's the home of Sooner fans, the ref. Thursday here on Steel Man and Thune, home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. How's everybody doing? 405-651-3439 of the Air Comfort Solutions text line. We appreciate Air Comfort Solutions. And, man, they get a lot of mileage out of that text line because it is always on fire. Thanks to you guys for that. By the way, next hour, John Shen from The Athletic wrote an interesting piece on uh, the current state of the OU football program. We'll have John coming up on the uh, Riverwind Casino Hotline at 135 today, so stick around for that. We've got, uh, got some college football tonight. Baylor, Baylor, the Bears are who we thought they were. We let them off the hook. Now, if you want to crown them, go ahead and – ow. I think I just broke my wrist. Go ahead and crown them. But they are who we thought they were. <laughs> Man, you hit that table hard. You, you I, were real into the Dennis Green. That was almost a boxer's fracture right there. I think I'm good, though. Baylor in West Virginia. Baylor's three and two losses to uh, BYU and Oklahoma State. West Virginia two and three losses to Texas, Pitt, and Kansas. The Commanders and the Bears. The Bears are who we thought that. Don't hit it again. All right, sorry. Uh, the Commanders and the Bears tonight. Thursday night NFL football seven fifteen prime video. How about the battle series for the OU women's softball team? How about a matchup between Jordy Ball and Tiare Jennings last night? You know, the funny thing is, Steely, if you split the OU softball team into two different teams, they'd probably be number one and number two nationally. They could be, but they're at least both making the College World Series, Uh, right? I mean, and they continue to kill it on the recruiting trail as well. Patty Gasso, God bless the queen. I mean, this 
Patty, uh, do we have a throne? Is there a throne? Does the queen have a scepter, or what else does she have? She's got the, what do they call the thing? The, uh, the, 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 oh, they're building her a new palace right now. They are. That's what I'm saying. She needs, just on top of the dugout, just a gigantic chair, a throne where she can just sit there. She can't coach third base from out there. Well, so maybe you she You might sits, have to put it in foul territory. Okay, she it's on top of the opposing dugout. That would be very intimidating, <laughs> too, to have Patty sitting up there in the queen's chair. Unbelievable, though. But, yeah, Tiara Jennings, it was a grand slam, right, that she hit off Jordy Ball? Yes, it was. That's a pretty good matchup. And Alex Storaco, the uh, pitcher from Michigan, great addition. I mean, Haley Lee, this – I mean, you talk about – you talk about a dynasty. That's it right there, women's softball in Norman. Okay, let's get some Air Comfort Solutions text in before we get to the top of the hour. I think Wade's after me again. Remember Wade got mad at me once and oh, we, then we made up. Wade said something about uh, – you ask. Parker, about the possibility of recruiting losses, he answers, and then you yeah-butt him. Yeah, we don't yes-butt, we yeah-butt. Because I remember we invented the yeah-butt way back ago. On the uh, There were two different types of groups, the yeah-butters and the we-ottas. And they're both outs right now big time. Which one's more problematic? Is it the uh, yeah-butters it's the or the we-ottas? The we-ottas. By far. And the we ought is right now. We ought to put Jaron Canick at quarterback. The we ought is want Jaron Canick to play and be in at quarterback. The we ought is want the four-man front. The we ought is want the head of Ted Roof. The we ought is want a lot right now. And I get it. Okay, what else do we have? Uh, this listener says, enjoying the show in Liechtenstein. That's amazing. That's awesome. By the way, where does Tyler get all his information? Because he goes, well, we got a guy right now in Kenya. We got a guy, by the way, in uh, Timbuktu. They're listening also in Annapolis, Maryland. They're listening in, uh, you know, the Ukraine. Yeah, Probably I, I, pretty busy right there. To now, answer but, your question, I don't know where Tyler gets that information, but the Ref Army is international. We know we, this We're much. spread out all over the Lichtenstein, world. Lichtenstein, what are the odds? Lichtenstein. Who was that? I, that's somebody from Lichtenstein. I'm sure that's how they say it. Uh, this listener says, Jalen Daniels will start on Saturday. No, he won't. Lance Leipold already said that. Lance Leipold confirmed that Jalen Daniels a, is out. Unless he's a lying liar. But I would think it's going to be big. I don't think he's got enough mule shoe in him. Kenzie Hansen hit a grand slam on her 21st birthday. That's from Gunny of Stutzman Army. Kenzie Hansen, another hero. Uh... Somebody somebody said, KU can be attacked through the air. What QB on our team can hit an open receiver? Dylan Gabriel can hit open receivers. He's just got to he... hit them more frequently, yes. particularly on big downs like third down and shorts. Was that a fourth down he missed to Stoops in the K-State game, or was that a third down? Was he going to Stoops on that fourth down? I know he missed a, he missed a third down and a fourth down in yeah. succession, and they were both not very good throws. Right. And, you know, and then he, it really blew up in the TCU game, right? So, yeah, D- Dylan Gabriel, obviously, I I think he's a, a solid quarterback. I would describe him as such. But he's got to make uh, he's got to make better throws to these wide-open receivers. He's missed way too many of those. Uh, we ought to start paying these players crazy NIL. Why not? I mean, open up. you got to compete with the A&Ms of the world, right? Yeah, but then again, it, it's, do you have to compete with the A&Ms of the world or do the A&Ms of the world have to compete with you? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, they they did win the David Hicks battle, at least temporarily, right? 
Yeah. But I wonder, of, it, is that official when the money is deposited in the account? Do we know if the check's gone through? I, they, I do not do know how that all Venmo, goes down. Did they Venmo the Hicks family or what happened? <laughs> Honey, look at a- this. $2.8 million. Oh, David, I know you wanted to go to Oklahoma, but have you seen this? Two point eight million, son. Two point eight million. A Venmo. I think Venmo has a transaction maximum. Oh, really? And I'm fairly certain the DJ Hicks transaction would have exceeded that maximum. Probably. Probably yeah. would have had to have been paid in installments. <laughs> All right. Keep the text rolling in. Four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. Are you a part of the uh, Yeah Butters or the We Otters? Let us know. 405-651-3439. Thank you, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, for sponsoring our first hour. We've got another award-winning, probably not, hour to go next. See, I'm not so sure that we shouldn't go to the Vineyard organization and include T.J. Perry, program director, and ask if we can just name this to two men talking. Yeah, I decided that's our new hour two intro right there. Yeah. It's generic, but it, it's what it is. It's two it's, men talking. That, that right? is us. That's us. All right, hour number two presented by the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Great, great selection down there. They're always finding the best stuff. And while others are struggling to find inventory, guess what? They've got five-star prospects all over the parking lot there at the Seth Wadley Auto Group. And some used-up ones through the portal. I should say pre-owned. Cars, trucks, SUVs. Pre-owned vehicles, Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley, also backed by that great guarantee of oil changes and engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. All right, let's get back to uh, some text, and then we'll hear from Lance Leipold in Oklahoma. This listener said, if the new uniforms were never mentioned again, that would be great. Can we talk football? We haven't mentioned the new uniforms in like half an hour. It's been, it's been, it was in the first segment, so it's been at least 50 minutes. So. I don't know if that's just a monumentally delayed reaction or if the text took mm-hmm. a while to send. Yeah, I don't know, but we, had, we talked a lot of football in that first hour, Steely. Shane, the train in Newcastle. We Ottas are just tiny water-loving animals. Ah, I get it. Wade, yeah, I, I was just kidding around with you, too. Don't worry about it. I'm not that paranoid. I would say on the paranoid scale, I'm about 2 out of 10, but I was just messing with you. This listener said, at my age, I'm a used to cutter. A used to cooking. <laughs> There's some of those. Now, in the Boomer Doomer Army out there, I think the biggest platoon right now is the We Out of Platoon. And then yes. uh, probably the Yeah Butters are, I don't know, a small contingent. Like, of, uh, I don't know, they just do special ops and stuff like that. 
would be my guess. This listener says, people are crazy thinking DG can't hit open receivers. He is at 63.9%. He's missed some throws. Everyone does. Caleb Williams is at 64.9% right now for comparison. Yeah, and, you know, we talked about his numbers after, was it three or four games? Um, You know, we're right there or better than Caleb in a lot of areas. Here's the problem with Dylan's. The misses have been so glaring. Yeah, they've been costly at times. That's been the problem. The misses have been, you know, Drake Stoops running wide-ass open in the open field, you know, and the ball sailing five yards over his head. You know, your regular – well, he was. You you know what that made me think of? What? You remember there was that one – there was that one year of Bruce Arians' career where he was a TV color analyst. Yeah. It was between his stints as the Cardinals head coach and the Buccaneers head coach. And he used that phrase. Did he use that phrase? Live on air on CBS. <laughs> yeah, why not? And it like it wasn't the only time he said something borderline <laughs> FCC inappropriate you on air. You can use ASS. Just, Come on, that's not that bad. Well, not, you no, can technically. Yeah, yeah you but can. Like, but I'm just saying, but Parker, there's a difference between wide open and wide ass open, right? Yes, and Drake Stoops was certainly the latter. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. All right, 405-651-3439. Is Davis Be- Bevel uh, the, one of the worst quarterbacks in OU history? Uh, yes. <laughs> I mean, you've been alive for a lot longer than I I'm have, I'm sure Stewie. he's a fine kid. A lot longer. You know but- what? But – you saw some of the tape, and keep in mind, did you see his highlight reel? Yeah, the key word being highlights reel. Everybody's highlight reel looks Look, good. Guess what? They don't put <laughs> throwing it at Drake Stoops' cleats on the highlight reel, right? Um, so, yeah. Ugh. I don't like the yeah butters, but I do like the nutter butters. Burley Boomer <laughs> says, we oughta. Shut up and support our team or move on to Oki Light. Ridiculous. There you go. There you go. What was was it Davis Bevel, a Civil War general? He does kind of have that look if you put one of the Civil War caps on his head. He's definitely got the name, too. Does he go to reenactments? Well, he hasn't, obviously, the weekend during football season. I don't know. The unsung hero of the Battle of Antietam, General Davis Bevel. Uh, Parker, if BV is able to sign a top five class in his first year with several losses, what will next year look like? Well, I do think Oklahoma is going to end up signing a top five class this year. And yes, they already do have several losses. So you would anticipate, we've talked about the fact that 2024 has the opportunity to be the number one class in America if the chips fall just so for Brent Venables in Oklahoma. Uh, The question becomes, especially in the aftermath of what went down with DJ Hicks, okay, how much does money have to come into play if Oklahoma is going to end up with the number one overall class? And look, Steely, I think it's too—it's still too early. We're, what, 15 months into this NIL era, so it's still too early to say that the number one class every single year is going to be a class that's largely bought. But I think that possibility is very much on the table, and you have to acknowledge that, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you've got to play. You've got to be at least in the game, right? Uh, And, again, I don't think Oklahoma's making that their top priority. Brent's talked about, you know, being all about relationships. And, you know, I think think the relationship deal just about won with David Hicks. And, again, is it completely over? We don't know. But – 
his relationship with Todd Bates and the OE coaching staff was great, right? I mean, great. But, you know, when A&M comes in at the last minute and has a uh, offer, a godfather-like offer that they can't refuse, you know, that's something that uh, you're going to have to deal with. Okay, uh, and the 918 asks, is there still a chance with Hicks? Do you think that's done? I just, look. I heard it, uh, like over the weekend I saw, here David Hicks doesn't like A&M anymore. Yeah. It's like, what? Those, okay. those rumors are floating. And look, look, for those that watch the commitment ceremony, you could tell something was just a little bit off, no, right? Absolutely. Now, does that mean he ends up decommitting? No, not necessarily, but I know for a fact that – at the time of his announcement, DJ Hicks felt a lot more comfortable with Oklahoma than he did with Texas A&M. That was not a celebration. I mean, it looks like it, he just looked like, okay. I mean, it, it, he kind of smiled a couple times. The mom was like, man, I am not happy with this. Kind of had that look a little bit. And the dad had to look like, man, I just paid off the mortgage. I'm feeling good. <laughs> and maybe it's as simple as that. Who knows? But – to answer that listener's question, is it 100% over with DJ Hicks? No, I don't think it is. With a guy like that, it's never over until Penn hits paper on signing day. But I wouldn't necessarily be moving forward with the expectation that DJ Hicks is going to end up flipping to Oklahoma in the end. Yeah. Um, this listener says, I personally think Jeff Lebby is getting too much heat thrown his way simply because our QB play isn't elite. Go back and look at a majority of his play calls. Guys are open. It's up to the QB to see and deliver them the ball. Once Arnold steps on the field and starts throwing darts, Sooner fans will kiss the ground Levy walks on. Yeah, could be some truth in that. I, You know, he's got a good reputation, and now, you know, there's always a different, uh, uh, you know, take after somebody starts struggling. Well, you know, it was really Lane Kiffin and Josh Heupel. And maybe it was a lot of those two guys at Ole Miss and, and UCF. But Jeff Levy has a reputation, has a good offensive mind, and, right, you know, if you don't have good quarterback play, I don't care what offense you're in, and you might be the Albert Einstein of offensive football. But if you don't have good quarterback play, guess what? It's not going to look very good. Stunning discovery on the text line by Shane in Newcastle. This one's for Steely. If you listen to Charlie Daniels sing The Devil Went Down to Georgia, it sounds exactly like Jimbo Fisher in everyday life. You will never hear that song the same way ever mm. again. Jimbo's got some uh, hillbilly in him. There's no doubt about that. All right, real quick before we get to a break, let's hear from Lance Leipold right now. He is coaching at a very high level. I know they lost to TCU uh, last weekend. Again, Jalen Daniels was knocked out. And actually, Jason Bean came in and played pretty well. And Kansas, man, I'm telling you, they hired themselves a big-time coach. We, what did they win two last year, right? They won two, but one was in Austin, which was huge. Uh, you know, the greatest play of the year in college football last year was that kid catching uh, the two-point uh, conversion, right, uh, to to win the game for t for uh, Kansas and Austin, but this guy is really really good. There is no doubt he is he's doing wonders with the Kansas program. Here's what Lance Leipold had to say right now about Oklahoma. Extremely athletic, diverse offensive that has the ability to be very explosive. They're battling some injuries. Um, Coach Venables again is great reputation and success as a defensive coordinator and being highly multiple um, in and out of 
three and four man fronts, gives you a bunch of different looks, does a lot, to, you know, again, and, and to utilize um, the athletes in, in their in their program. Um, yeah, you know, maybe it hasn't gone their way of late, but uh, as as we know from last year as well, the first year there's going to be there's going to be times where you're going to have some bumps, and yet that's too good of a staff, too good of a program, and everything, and a roster that uh, you know it's it's going to be a, a big test for us down there. There you go, Lance Leipold talking about the Sooners. Now, do you think there's would you put it at a 5% chance, 10% chance that Daniels plays this weekend, or are you completely out on that? Well, look, I believe the official, like the designation, the injury designations, uh, as far as I'm aware, have a numerical basis attached to them. So probable is anything above 80%, as I recall questionable is in the 50% range and doubtful max is out at about 10%. So very, very slim chance that Jalen Daniels plays this weekend. And also, do you want to rush a guy back that quickly when his injury is as severe as we've all been led to believe? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. When is Kansas's buy? That's what I'm curious about. I'll try and go ahead and Google it up. Yeah, but I, and, and look, I would have to imagine, given what Lance Leipold got out of Jason Bean last year against Oklahoma, he's comfortable walking into this football game with Bean as his starter if that's what it comes to. So I would not expect Jalen Daniels to play. I think it is a virtual certainty that he does not play. And honestly, I, if he does play, is Oklahoma better off? Steely? Like, would you rather have a banged-up Jalen Daniels playing than a 100% healthy Jason Bean? Mm, I would probably still go to it. I mean, it depends on the level of banged-up. But if he's that banged-up, he won't play. So I would probably go with, uh, yeah, uh, Jason Bean. Uh, by the way, Kansas, Sooners this weekend. Then they go on a road to Baylor and Waco next weekend. Then they have the following week off, which would gotcha. be the weekend of October 29th. I would, I would say Jalen Daniels probably sits out through the bye, if I had to guess. All right, we'll break right here. Shane, it was Shane from Newcastle who said this right. That yes. The devil went down to Georgia, sounds like Jimbo Fisher on uh, the actual vocals here. So we'll see. Now that's a fiddle right there in a the country band, not a violin. That's fiddling. John Shin coming up in our next segment on the Riverwind Casino Hotline, 405-329-9000. Speaking of Riverwind, if you don't know, you need to know because Bedlam Beats and Bites is happening. What? Bedlam Beats and Bites? Isn't that a summer thing? Well, yes, Beats and Bites is usually 
uh, the great outdoor concert series at Riverwind Casino recently in the last two seasons. For instance, we've had Hall of Fame Rock and Rollers, Cheap Trick, uh, Starship. We had Night Ranger, Everclear, Living Color. We've had some big-time bands out there. It's been tremendous. And uh, the Battle and Beats and Bites Festival, special for Friday, Friday, November 18th, Friday, November 18th. The Eli Young Band and Wade Bowen opening, 6.30 for Wade Bowen, around 8.30 for the Eli Young Band. Your tickets are only 5 bucks. That gets you in, gets you some great music. You have all those incredible food trucks out there. It's going to be a great atmosphere Friday night, November 18th, to see the Eli Young Band and Wade Bowen at Beats and Bites Festival, Bedlam Edition, coming up again on November 18th. Tickets, 5 bucks at the box office. And at Riverwind.com, Riverwind Casino, the best variety of games, over 2,800 electronic games, all your favorite table games, tremendous poker room, the best bars and dining uh, with the River Buffet and the Coop Ale House Bar, Chips and Ale, Seasons Food Court, and the best promotions. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the, rib, uh, the reason that Riverwind Casino, year after year after year, is voted simply the best by everybody in the metro area. So there you go. All right, uh, back to the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. By the way, okay, so if the Sooners, uh, you know, can land Akana or McDonald, Uh I mean, that obviously they're third in the 247 rankings now behind Bama 1, Georgia 2, Oklahoma 3. And if you could get both of those guys, then uh, that would be tremendous. But to see Lee Akana visiting this weekend, Caden McDonald, visiting this weekend um who else among big names Derek LeBlanc that's pretty much but he's it. just coming back just to kind of say what's up yeah and you know there's always a chance that you get somebody reasonably local like a Jacoby Johnson or an Eric mm-hmm. McCarty showing up but no the headliners this weekend are Akana and McDonald another guy that's on the radar for Oklahoma that's going to be visiting unofficially this weekend Three-star 2023 defensive back Jacob Fields of Melissa High School down in Texas. He's currently committed to Louisiana Tech. He has had a superb first half of his senior season. It's really caused his stock to rise and has caused plenty of Power 5 programs to start to take notice. Oklahoma is one of those programs. Uh, We will see what happens there. I don't know if he's going to end up being an offer guy, and obviously that situation is highly contingent upon what happens with the Bowen Yates law firm. But uh, that's another another name to know in the defensive backfield for Oklahoma pending the outcome of the recruitments of Peyton Bowen and Ryan Yates. And eventually it it could expand to Bowen, Bowen, and Yates, right? That firm. Yes. Yes. With Eli. I really do think the Sooners are in an outstanding position to land Eli Bowen, regardless of what happens with his older brother. Okay, greetings from Oregon and Beaver Country. Uh, to John Shin, who was therapy when we lost to uh, Georgia? So that would have been what the Rose Bowl, I mm-hmm. suppose. That's the only two to- That's the only time those teams have played, isn't it? Uh, yeah, that least- was the first ever meeting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else Oklahoma hasn't played. There's, it's a short list. Like Michigan State is a team that Oklahoma's never played. Somebody out there, go ahead and Google it up. Let us know. But yeah, that uh, that was uh, that was a disappointing outcome. Uh, this listener says, "Holy backwoods bluegrass steel man, that does sound like Jimbo on vocals." <laughs> Good call, Shane in Newcastle. Yeah, Shane nailed it. 
Uh, hint for PA guy, says this listener. Announce that there will be no boomers after first downs. Also announce if OU fans boo a player, Davis Bevel will be immediately inserted as quarterback. Oh, man, harsh. Poor Davis Bevel, man. He's out there doing his best. Trying, right? But, you know, the University of Oklahoma is not the Pitt Panthers. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I mean, Pitt, yeah, the national championship back in the day with Tony D. And, um, you know, who was Johnny Majors coached them to that championship, didn't he? I thought it was Johnny Majors back in the day. Long time ago in a galaxy very far away. I still remember one of my favorite games as an Oklahoma Sooner was seeing Pitt come to town. And it was Tony Dorsett at the time before he finally uh, told everybody, hey, it's actually pronounced Dorsett when he got into the NFL. But Oklahoma, I think, beat him 46-10 to 10 back in the 70s. And Dorsett uh, had a rough day. And Sooner defensive back Scott Hill put what Dorsett says to this day was the biggest hit he ever took in a game. That was a big-time game. You know what? I, I do like Pitt's uniforms that they've gone back to the light blue. I didn't like that darker blue that Pitt was wearing in the gold. They, yeah. The, you know, and that Pitt logo is pretty cool, too. They, You know, I they got to stick with those unis. The retro vibe. Yeah. It's just a good vibe in general for really any program. Alabama's never gone away from the retro vibe. Mm-hmm. It's classic. Uh, this listener says, that's kind of the point, Steely. Davis Bevel's best sucks. I know, I know, I know. It's still kind of hard for me to really get after a college kid that much. And I understand we have to talk about it. And look, the bottom line is, obviously, that has not been very good. Um, this listener says, I'd take Patrick Fletcher over Davis Bevel. Absolutely. Patrick Fletcher in, engineered a win at TCU back in the day. And Patrick Fletcher, uh, you know, was uh, Ronnie's kid and uh, made some big plays, you know, when he was able to play for OU. A listener in the 918 says, I'll take the fifth best class, even just top 10, made up of BV kind of guys over a bought and paid for number one class. Yeah. I'd figure most everyone would concur with that because, and again, we've said this time and time again, and I was actually talking to a uh, very well-connected Texas A&M source last week, as a matter of fact, and that source told me, and this, this won't shock many of you if you've been listening to this show as well as locked in with myself and Tyler, that source told me there's going to be quite a few members of that 2022 signing class that end up transferring at season's end from Texas A&M. Hmm. The situation down there is not great. Okay, here we not go. Great. Uh, Georgia Tech, Michigan State, Purdue, Rutgers, Mississippi State, South Carolina, Power 5 teams that Oklahoma hasn't played yet in football. Nice research right there. Fantastic. they yeah. got to get South Carolina on the schedule, the Shane Beamer Bowl. That was a nice win for South Carolina. I know the quarterback situation was uh, you know, not, not best for Kentucky, but that was, that was a good win. <laughs> 918 said Rod or 918 Rod said is Bowen in love or is it one of many if he's in love he ends up in Norman referring of course to Bowen's girlfriend who's an OU soccer commit or and already on the team uh, I, I forget whether she's already enrolled or not but uh, no to answer your question 918 Rod I don't believe she is one of many and as we say in the business girlfriends are undefeated 
Which isn't to say that girlfriends aren't going to end up taking their first L in recorded history in this instance because it's a different era these days with the money. What but, happens if she wants to decommit or enter the portal? You uh, you have no control over her decommit because I, I don't know. Is she on the <laughs> roster do, now? You don't release her. You say, yeah. no, we're you're, not you're, filing you're, the you're, paperwork. You're pulling a mule shoe and pulling one of those Chandler Morris deals, you know? Uh, Remember what a boop Riley was in all that situation? Yes, 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 yes. When it was against him? Very par for the course. And there were people defending him, too. Like, that's – and he, like we all kind of had the, the wool pulled over our eyes to a certain extent. But most rational human beings at that point could look at that situation and go, okay, Lincoln, quit being a tool about that. Yeah. Just let the kid go. Kyle Whittingham. Please. What about Kyle Whittingham Make now? this happen. Oh, okay. You're talking this about this weekend. Saturday night. Make this happen. Last year, you were four and three. You reeled off six straight wins, got to the Rose Bowl, and nearly took down the Ohio State University. Let's get a turnaround going. I know you got beat by UCLA last weekend. DTR has had a good year. That's a pretty good UCLA team. But you got to take care of Mule Shoe. This Mule Shoe train is going down the track. We need it to be derailed. Evil cannot win out. We know it won't win out in the long term, but no, even in the no. short term. Listen, we're we're living in the 42 months, Steely. We're living in the 42 months. Um, <laughs> this listener says, can we assume we won't need to worry about losing coaches at least for this season? Uh, I, you shouldn't, other than the fact that the roof may collapse. For all your roofing needs, call Elite Roofing Company. Elite Roofing Systems. That's right. They'll do fine work for you. If you lose your roof and you need a new replacement, well, I better not. Just, I there just may, need, need, there I may just, need to be a replacement for the roof. I just need to shut up is what I need to do. <laughs> this listener says, the only quality recruiters at safety over the last decade have been girlfriends. <laughs> Billy Bowman. Yeah, that's right. Even Facts. Dean Blevins was better than Davis Bevel. Hey, 918, Dean made some big throws in Sooner history. I'm telling you, moving the chain, setting up big field goals. Dean was a good athlete back in the day, man. He was a good uh, you know, played basketball as well. Dean was Dean. He was good, man. I'm telling you. And you know, Thomas Lott was pretty good back in that time period as well. But Dean made some big throws when they called upon him. Are the Sooners leveraging the Billy Bowman situation and the way that all went down in the recruitment of Peyton Bowen? Because there's a lot of parallels between those two situations. Peyton Bowen's from Geyer, or from Denton, excuse me. Billy Bowman was from Denton. Billy Bowman had a girlfriend that was going to Oklahoma to play sports. Peyton Bowen has a girlfriend that's going to OU to play sports. Billy Bowman was committed elsewhere. Peyton Bowen is hmm. committed yeah, elsewhere Yeah, Billy Bowen right was now. going to Texas, right? He was going to Texas. Now, are both girlfriends from Denton as well? Yes. So they're high school. So you're saying that the Sooners are planning – Attractive females into the Denton school system. <laughs> well, hey, and then having them sign. Hey, you know what? Jackson Arnold's girlfriend. Funnily enough, she is Gavin Marshall's sister. So mm -hmm. Gavin Marshall, right now, tr freshman kicker mm -hmm. at Oklahoma. His sister 
is Jackson Arnold's longtime girlfriend. So, hey, you got to do what you got to do in the NIL era. And maybe instead of dropping bags, you just start planting girlfriends. It sounds like an old school KGB move, but you know what? I like it. All right. We'll take a break right here, ladies and gentlemen, the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Thursday edition of Steel Man and Thune. We're getting locked in at the top of the hour with Parker and Tyler McComas. When we get back, John Shen wrote a nice piece about Sooner football on The Athletic today. We'll talk to him about it next here on The Ref. I'll tell you who it is. It is Mr. John Shin covering the Sooners for the Athletic, joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Good piece in the Athletic from John today. Oklahoma truths or myths? Brent Venables in over his head. Defense broken for good. Find out what John has to say. Uh, the Athletic is a great subscription. You, you really, for me, I have three. Uh, subscriptions that cover me for anything I want to read, and that's The Athletic, The Oklahoma, and Tulsa World. Boom, and you're good, I think. Now you can subscribe to other podcasts or whatever, but uh, The Athletic is fantastic. John, welcome. Thank you for joining us. And uh, I'll let everybody go, you know, read your explanations and how you said if these were, you know, if it was a truth, a myth, or whatever. Uh, you had. This is now a rebuilding season was one. The defense is broken for good. Venable's in over his head. And, again, these are all questions that you're answering uh, in a very good piece. And the other one was, well, oh, you get overwhelmed when it gets to the SEC. Let's talk about what's going on, though. I mean, I don't think any of us could have imagined after Oklahoma left Lincoln, Nebraska, and, and we even knowing what Nebraska was – coming out of that game. It's it's kind of like the Texas game and the TCU game that the Sooners lost. You get the feeling that, you know, Oklahoma could have scored four or five more touchdowns in that game, and they took their foot off the gas against Nebraska. Um, how in the world is the Oklahoma football program in this situation, you know, three weeks later, John? It's just baffling to me, unfathomable. Well, uh, yeah, I think the last time I talked to you guys – OU was 3-0. and Yeah, that piece would have looked a lot different when they were 3-0. But uh, I, I think, number one, the quarterback situation has caught up with them in a way that nobody could imagine. In that, yes, Gabriel hadn't been perfect, but they do not have anything behind them. And one deal I said in the piece was, you've got to start developing Nick Evers. I mean, the one thing Davis Bevel proved is there's really nothing to develop there. I mean, you've got to go. I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying make Nick Evers your starting quarterback, but 
the rest of this season, developing him needs to take precedent over just about anything other than Dylan Gabriel. Because and 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 then you have to figure out a way to get that quarterback room solidified, and you have to figure out a way for that offense to operate operate at a speed at at less than warp speed to go to go along with it. Because I also think part of what's caught up to OU is when you have a leaky defense and an offense is not functioning very well and you're snapping the ball with 22 seconds left on a play clock, you are. That, that is a, just a disaster waiting to happen. So let me ask you this, John. I want to ask you the same question I posed to Jesse Crittenden when he was on with us last hour. Presumably you get Dylan Gabriel back this weekend. Brent Venables said the final decision would be made today, but that he expected Gabriel to be available. How quick of a fix is that for Oklahoma's issues? How much does getting Gabriel back work towards solving the endemic problems that Oklahoma seems to have, just being competitive on a very fundamental level in football games? Well, I, I think when you really look at that offense, a lot of some problems have been pasted over by, you know, 55-yard touchdown passes. Uh, you know, we, we have not seen this off. What we've yet to really see this offense do is have like a 12 play touchdown. Drive. And, you know, if, if you're going to have any kind of chance, you've got to have that because we know Iowa state's going to make you snap it a bunch. We know Oklahoma state's going to make you snap it a bunch. Uh, Kansas state made OU snap it a bunch. It's just the way this is going to go. And, that's the one thing we really haven't seen. But there, there's no doubt when you've got Gabriel in there, you've got the opportunity to score more points because you can get the ball down the field, which they really haven't been able to do for the last six quarters. Yeah, I think that even Brent Venables has been shell-shocked to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. We played a clip with Mark Mangino last hour that Chris Plank had him on his uh, Sirius XM show yesterday, and he was talking about, you know, Brent knew what he was getting into, but he had to he had to be positive because, you know, the Sooner Nation was hurting after, you know, Muleshoe left in the dark and uh, things all of a sudden changed. And, you know, there was a lot of worry and concern about the program, and Brent was here to pump it up and provide some passion. And I get that. He's that kind of guy. But, man, I, I think even Brent Venables has to be thinking at this point, like, wow, this, you know, because he keeps saying that what they're doing in practice isn't translating to the games. And that is extremely concerning unless he's just – and I don't think Brent would completely get up there and BS us. Coaches always, you know, when they're up there at the podium, have a message for their players or something, and they've got to stay positive. But I just don't see how that – that happens, you know, like it has the last three weeks to this extent, John. Well, I mean, you could tell in the first three weeks, especially defensively, guys were confident. And, you know, all the stuff where guys are talking about three-man and four-man front, if, if you don't have an offense in a predictable passing situation where a guy's got to hold on to the ball, there aren't many times you're going to get an effective pass rush. And that's kind of what OU's been in really since the start of the Kansas State game. Now, you could also blame it on them because they couldn't put anybody in those situations. But ever since then, I, I mean, I, I think I think of Stutzman, who just looked like a heat-seeking missile the first three games, and now he just doesn't move like that. I don't think he's hurt. I think he's just he, – he's now questioning what his eyes are telling him. And now you're – you know, you're not, you're not seeing – 
and and he's certainly not alone in that. You can definitely see it on the back end. You can just see it just about. You can see it in defensive linemen where it just seems like everything has taken them a second longer to dissect than it used to. Okay, John, so looking ahead to this weekend's game against Kansas, obviously the Sooners rolling out the Prentice got Unity uniforms, looking to get back on track and in the win column after this three-game skid. How pivotal is this singular football game? Because you look ahead the rest of the way for Oklahoma, they've got an open date on the other side. They're going to have a bye week to rest up, lick their wounds, and get ready for the finishing kick in the Big 12 uh, conference slate. But that conference slate includes home dates with Baylor and Oklahoma State. That includes a road trip to West Virginia. It includes a road trip to Iowa State. How much hinges on Oklahoma's ability to accrue some positive momentum this weekend heading into the bye week to the point where they can regroup and come out looking like a reinvigorated team on the other side? Oh, it's it's essential. I've never seen a coach who was more anxious for a bye week to get uh, the, the way Brent Venables just kind of talked about the bye week coming up on Tuesday and how pivotal that or during his presser on Tuesday and how, you know, this team really needs it. I've never seen I, I can't ever really think of a coach being, you know, I, I, I can't wait to get to that week. But, yeah, if you can get there off a win, not get anybody hurt, perhaps get some guys back after the bye week, and what I'm really thinking of is Billy Bowman, uh, that could really help this team. But the other deal about the, re- you know, the rest of the schedule is there's no layups in there. I mean, there really isn't. I mean, you are going to have to play – you're – in order to win, you're probably going to have to win a dogfight in every one of those games. That's just kind of the way the Big 12 is this year. And with the way OU's playing, there's no reason to assume they can blow anybody out right now. So, yeah, you, I mean, you, you think this has been a grind. It's, it's, it's going to get tougher after that bye week. But you're going to find out how mentally tough that team really is. Yeah, and you're looking at some of the games that Sooner fans presume, well, you know what, yeah, you still got Iowa State, you got Tech, you got West Virginia. Yeah, all on the road. And guess what? They're all playing better football than you right now. Now, again, it could turn around this weekend. Dylan Gabriel coming back, as he's expected to. We don't know with 100% certainty yet, but that'll be big for Oklahoma. And if they get some momentum and they go into the bye week, you know, the Sooners might be able to make a little push and get to, uh, you know, seven wins or so. Uh, yeah, I know there's some Sooner fans out there still hoping, man, they can run the table. But I, that I I don't see happening. But we'll see. Hey, all right, so here's the piece from John today on The Athletic. If you don't subscribe to The Athletic, it is it's big time. Uh, and truth or myth on all of these, this is now rebuilding season. Defense is broken for good. His Venable's in over his head. OU will get overwhelmed when it gets to the SEC. John answers all of those, gives you his verdict, and it's a well-written piece, good stuff uh, on The Athletic. John, we appreciate your time, and we'll do it again soon. Thank you. All right. Talk to you guys later. All right. John Shen joining us, ladies and gentlemen. You know, The Athletic, uh, Joe Better was doing a little work for them for a while. Uh, Jason Kersey, now in uh, going to law school at OU, did a great job. The Athletic's really big time. Do you subscribe? Uh, I, so, so, here's the thing. I go back and forth. Mm-hmm. Do you? During, <laughs> I'll, what I'll do is like football season. If then there's you take... like if there's like a piece that really strikes my fancy, I'll be like, yeah, you know what? Yeah. I'll I'll do the uh, monthly subscription, and then I end up canceling it because you know I'm really only in it to read that one piece. Yeah. But well, every you're so still often young I'll in your in. career. The big bucks are coming your way. I mean, it's only a matter of time. You got an nil deal from the uh, the. Uh, 
dealership that got you the white buffalo, right? I do not. That dealership's in Nebraska, so oh. I can't offer them much in terms of uh, advertising. But, Here hey, uh, if there are any NIL partners out there, uh, specifically in the phone and or vehicle community, you know, here's they want to partner up. Here's what I'm you, all ears. Here's what you need to do. If Oklahoma loses this weekend, it's clearly a Buffalo issue. The White Buffalo's got to go. Take it to the Seth Wadley Auto Group. It's in fine shape. It's a good-looking vehicle. Yeah. They will give you the best deal on that, and then Seth Wadley and company can get you in another vehicle, and the and the season will turn around. Well, let's hope well, let's so. Let's see what happens this weekend. All right, 405-651-3439. Thanks to John Chen for coming on with us, and a good piece in The Athletic today. All right, break time right here. We're coming back. One more segment to go. We'll try and get to as many texts as we can here on this Thursday edition of Steel Man and Thune on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Maybe this should be called when the levy breaks instead of the levy. Because that offense broke down, man, when the levy breaks. Great song, by the way. John Bonham's drumming is just sensational. You know, the only reason I play this song into and out of segments is so that you'll inevitably comment on John Bonham's drumming, right? Thank you. Yes, it's very predictable, but it just hits hits home. Such a good song. And this is Zeppelin IV. Certainly in consideration for the greatest album of all time. I mean, so many Zeppelin albums are. Two, this one, Physical Graffiti. Those would be the three that I think. But and Zeppelin three is highly underrated by a lot of people. Okay, by the way, hey, fake Seth Wadley, you can't fool us on the text line. So, somebody, somebody says, hi, Parker, this is Seth Wadley, W-H-A-T-L-Y. Okay, misspelling already. Don't misrepresent Seth Wadley, all right? Because he he's, he's trying to make a deal for you on the White Buffalo, but only the real Seth Wadley can do that. I would hope a man knows how to spell his own name. Yes. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to operate under the safe assumption that that is not the real Seth Wadley. Yeah, it, it was, I mean, on. the ruse was given up in the first uh, uh, four words, after the first four words. Come on, ATL. You you can do better than that, man. But I mean, it was it was the humor was pretty kind of there, but the spelling immediately. I'm like, man, is that really separate? Oh, okay, no, it's not. Uh, Russ in Atlanta says, no one, and I mean nobody, should talk bad about Davis Bevel unless and until they have seen Kelly Phelps play QB for Oklahoma. Kelly Phelps was a Putnam City legend. The legendary game against Scott Tinsley. Uh, Kelly Phelps. I mean, he he was a wishbone quarterback. They moved. I, I, the play I remember with Kelly Phelps is 
he got lit up. It was in the uh, Nebraska game, wasn't it, where he got lit up on a kickoff return? I don't know. I'm not old yeah. enough, Steely. I'm, I'm just asking the uh, the text line. But he was a phenomenal high school player, Kelly Phelps. So that was one of the biggest games in Oklahoma high school history. Kelly Phelps, Putnam City, went to OU. Scott Tinsley, Putnam City West, went to Southern Cal. No. He did. Yes, he went to USC. He paved the way for Mule Shoe. Maybe. I mean, we got the Utes to take care of Mule Shoe this weekend, hopefully. I can't watch him anymore. I, I've tried to, you know, watch USC like, like, oh, my gosh, there's another freaking interception. How does that happen? It's really bizarre. It's still really bizarre to see Caleb Williams in a Trojan uniform. And, yes, I don't know what kind of dark magic Alex Grinch has channeled out in Los Angeles, but all of a sudden his defenses don't suck. Not I only know. do they not suck, they're leading the nation in turnover margin and sacks. Well, I mean, there's evil out in L.A. He may have sacrificed a small child. Who knows? But it's just like if, if, this, if Alex Grinch's defense sustains this level of play, it makes what happened in 2021 all the more unforgivable. Yeah. Because at least half the players on the defensive side of the ball last year for Oklahoma were pros. Nick Benito, mm-hmm. pro. Isaiah Thomas, pro. Perrion Winfrey, pro. Delarian Turner-Yell, in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Brian Asamoa, in the NFL. Yeah. There, will be, there will be more. So what happened? Why didn't it come together? I don't know. Uh, totally bizarre. I love Kelly Phelps because he wore my favorite number, seven. Uh, yeah, seven. Uh, DeMarco wore seven back in his days. Pretty good player, but he was a great high school player. There's no doubt about okay, that. Okay, great point on the text line. Well, remember, Parker, they can get and have talent out there. We don't and can't get it here at OU. Oh, it's yeah, a, that's right. It's for the lack of shopping. You you, you can't build a roster in uh, Norman. You know. I believe that just about as much as I believe. Yeah, we made the decision a couple hours to go, you know, sit down with the family, and boom, we made this decision. We hadn't heard from SC. Okay, yes, I'm still bothered. I need to let it go. I'm trying. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank the Seth Wadley Auto Group of Paul's Valley. We want to thank Riverwind Casino. We want to thank you for all the great texts. All right, more recruiting information, a ton more Sooner football coming up. Get locked in with Parker and Tyler McComas next here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network.